Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I will be your host for today. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the generous support from the Fort Lee Area Spouses Club. Joining me today is Chance McLaughlin to discuss his experience working with teens as a high school counselor. Chance, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So before we get started, I would love if you could share just a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, Well, for the past 14 years, I have worked in education. Nine of those years were in a high school classroom. In the past five years, I have served as a school counselor. I have a master's degree in mental health counseling with an emphasis in school counseling. Along with the role of school counselor, I have served as a student advisor for the student to student program that falls underneath the MSEC umbrella. And I've also worked very close with military family life counselors, as well as military student transition consultants. So you are very familiar with the military lifestyle and our military connected teens. It sounds like. Most definitely the school that I previously served at, we had about a 50% military population and I was from the town. And so I really really not only growing up understood and and got familiar with the nuances of military transition but whenever i became a school counselor a high school teacher the 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 information and everything just kind of grew and i became even more familiar with the whole process so as someone who works with teens how do you think covid has impacted them emotionally So I believe that um, COVID has brought in a new, um, a new set of stressors, a new set of um, obstacles that our military students or just teens in general are having to deal with and overcome. And we as adults definitely were not prepared for this. So teenagers weren't either. And so I think it's brought additional challenges and even, you know, you could say some opportunities to adapt and, and, and build on, on different experiences that they've, they've, that they've had in the past. So for parents, you know, because of COVID and, and partially because maybe this generation, you know, we're concerned that our kids are more isolated and we wonder, you know, is it related to the environment? You know, is it because of COVID or do you think it's more just a generational thing? So in my opinion, I think it's probably a combination of both. You know, this day and age with social media and online platforms, our, our teenagers digitally maybe feel like they're more connected with other people, but in reality, they're missing out on that face-to-face interaction. And with COVID, it kind of just amplified it. You know, students weren't able to go to school to have those face-to-face interactions. So they've started to rely much more heavily on social media platforms and and on one hand yes they're they're having these communications but on the other hand it's also made them a lot more easily accessible to the negatives to the to the negative comments to the to the you could even say the bullying or the the easily accessible or accessibility to our students you know when when we don't even realize just how harmful it can be you know late at night and things like that Absolutely. I agree with you. I think nothing truly replaces face-to-face interactions. I know on one hand, our kids, they probably feel like they're, they're more accessible because of virtual platforms. But on the other hand, 
it, it really can be isolating for them because they don't, you know, the nuances of, of reading a room or reading facial cues, um, that's sort of lost in that virtual world. So then how as parents can we help our kids in this particular situation? So I think having some good, honest conversations about what social media platforms are they using? Who do they consider to be friends online? Have they ever met these people in person? What kind of conversations are they having with the online on, uh, online friends? Because a lot of times, even as adults, who we are or try to be virtually could be very different than what it is in person. And so I would encourage parents to have sit down conversations with maybe some boundaries and and even maybe role play out scenarios with with the differences between an online friendship and a face-to-face -face friendship and just really focus and encourage parents to, to have those face-to-face -face conversations with their teens, especially during times like this. I know uh, you bring up a really interesting point. Have they really met these friends in real life? Uh, I have three teenagers, as our listeners know, and my youngest uh, is on a social media platform. And as her numbers rose and followers, I, I started asking her, I'm like, how do you know this person? Well, they're a friend. I'm like, well, how are they a friend? And it's interesting <laughs> because they sort of define friends a little differently than we do. Um, which it never occurred to me. Um, you know, I guess you hear people reference, oh, Facebook friends, meaning that those are more acquaintances, but you know, our, our children are being influenced by peers that they don't have a face-to-face -face interaction with. And, and as a result, uh, we're seeing, you know, elevated stress levels, you know, and as, as parents and as adults, you know, we sometimes struggle with what could our teens possibly be stressed about? Um, what are your thoughts on that? So, so um, th this makes me think of a situation that occurred just a few days ago. Whenever I was I was working with a student, and and we were talking about you know who who is his current best friend, and he he went into this you know story about oh this person's my fr best friend because I've known him on this social media platform for you know maybe a few months or something like that. And um, and I'm like, okay, well, what is your definition of a best friend? And he kind of looked at me and he's like, well, you know, somebody I talk to, somebody I hang out with. And I'm like, well, you know, online we can we can you know be kind of who we want to be. You know, have you ever met this person in, in real life and things like that? And so as we work with our teens and work with you know building the vocabulary, you know, like you mentioned, what's the difference between a friend, a best friend and an acquaintance? And especially like when it comes to, to followers on social media or, or Facebook friends or something like that, I think having those conversations to say, okay, you know, what's the difference between an acquaintance or just a casual friend and someone that you can truly rely on, you know, like when things get tough, can you really turn to this person and they be there for you in a moment of, of need or, or, or a crisis or something along those lines. So I know we hear the word resilient a lot and particularly when it comes to, you know, describing military kids. And as I mentioned, you know, as adults, a lot of times we don't understand why our kids are stressed out. You know, it would be, it would be great to go back and, and not have to worry about some of the adult things in life. But we also 
need to remember that resiliency is a trait, you know, that it's a learned skill. So at times our kids, even the most resilient ones need support. So as parents, how can we help them uh, when we're starting to see them uh, becoming stressed? So this is such an important topic. And the first thing that came to mind when you started the, the, the question is, is to, 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 as a parent, to do our very best to not diminish or belittle the stress or the problem that their, their, their son or daughter is going through in the moment. Because in the moment, to them, it's huge. It's everything. As an adult, we're like, oh, you know, just, just wait and you'll see what a real problem is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in their life, you know, whatever's going on, that is huge. And so I think the first thing is to realize in the moment, we need to take this seriously. If, if, our, if our kids are coming to us and saying that we're stressed, instead of like saying, oh, you have no idea what stress is, you know, let's start asking questions. Well, what are you stressed about? When you say stressed, you know, what are you feeling? What do you mean? And, and sit down or, 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 you know, maybe go for a walk and just have a conversation to like explore what do they mean when they say stressed and then begin to help um, build and construct that resiliency and, and hopefully equip them to get through this problem, but then in the future, when a stress comes up, they can think back to, oh, last time I was stressed, this is what mom or dad and I talked about. And so let me see if I can apply it to what's happening now and go from there. I think that's great advice, you know, because uh, resiliency and building those elements of resiliency in our kids are so important. And connection is one of those. As parents, you know, we can struggle though with that connection because we don't know how to start those conversations. Maybe our teen um, hasn't come to us and said they're stressed. You know, what would you recommend then uh, for parents that are trying to connect with their kids? So every day when I work with teenagers, you know, one of the first things I have to do is try to find find my in, find my window to kind of connect with a kid in a short amount of time. And so, you know, um, as parents, when we see our, our babies start to grow up and they become these teenagers and they kind of develop into their own people, we kind of, you know, are like, well, okay, how do I even start this conversation like you mentioned? And so I would just encourage parents um, to find that in, you know, if your son or daughter is into video games or is into something, even if we have no interest in it whatsoever, perhaps ask a question that shows the effort that you're trying to understand oh you're into such and such game and and even if it bores you to tears make a window make a way in and then once you show them that they're you know that you're a little interested in something that they're doing that they definitely know that you have no interest in it builds that that platform to where you can then say okay so i've noticed this can we, can we maybe talk about this and ask some questions, but then kind of bounce back and forth from something serious to maybe their interest or their hobby to kind of um, make them see that you really do genuinely want to know what they're learning or, or doing, you know, and things like that, even if it doesn't really interest you. Interesting. I, I really love that advice because, you know, as I'm listening to this as a parent, I'm like, 
well, of course I'm interested in what they're doing and I want to help. But it, what I hear you saying is that as adults, we still need to display that in some sort of way. You know, when our kids were younger, we always applauded every art project, everything that they did. Um, and as they get older, we still need to try to find that in, as you said, to still show that we're interested in what they're doing, not necessarily what we think they should be doing. So I, I really appreciate that advice. And I would love to keep you on just for a couple more minutes to talk about, you know, when we're trying to make these connections, oftentimes we're trying to, as parents, have conversations about sensitive topics such as mental health or suicide. But there is a perception that when we give these topics um, more attention, uh, particularly maybe say media attention, that it could actually come across as that we're glamorizing or glorifying these sensitive matters such as suicide. And I'd love to get your perspective on this. And then how as parents, can we tackle these tough topics, you know, when we're finally able to have those conversations with our kids? This is, this is such an important topic because over the past few years, you know, we have seen the, the mental health awareness increase, uh, different media outlets and television television shows and movies and things like that really kind of put a spotlight on suicide. And, and one that comes to mind is the 13 reasons why. And as a school counselor, on many different occasions, when I'm working with a student that has suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideations, they will reference specifically different shows. And oftentimes what I've realized is that their perception is, well, if I do this, then things would get better. But what we have to reshape and re-gear our conversations and our way of thinking is, is the student thinks that they're going to get to see all these changes. But in reality, you know, they're not going to because the finality or the, 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 the severity of the situation, if they take their own life, they will not see the change. They will not experience the change. So it, it's, it's, it's so important that we sit down we have conversations and let's watch these movies. Let's watch these series with our kids and then shape the conversation and say, okay, what did you see when we watched the show? Because a lot of times it's going to be very different points of view. And that's our opportunity to say, well, you do realize that she's gone and she's not seeing any of this. She's not seeing the benefits. She is is not coming back and and, and kind of see those light bulbs go off in their heads because that's what I see one after the other when I discuss that the student themselves will not reap any of the benefits of, of taking their own life they really take a step back and think wow you know that's not how I see it that's not how it was portrayed in the series and so I think it's really important that we kind of kind of reshape and emphasize the finality of taking one's life. Well, I, I think you've brought up a really powerful concept, you know, that the story ends if you commit suicide and that our, our teens are, are not necessarily understanding that and the recommendation of watching these shows and helping to reshape their perception really will 
be beneficial for them because we certainly want them to understand that suicide is never okay. It's never the answer. Speaking of stories, what makes our podcast special here are the stories or advice that our guests are willing to share. So as we wrap up, I would love for you to either share a story, maybe that resonates with you as a counselor, or even just uh, closing advice for our parents. Okay. Well, something that just happened literally yesterday is so applicable to this podcast. I was meeting with a young man who had had a very traumatic weekend and it was over a social media platform to where something had occurred and he was banned from the site. And when we were, when, when he was going through that, his support system that he had built up over the past six months was taken away in an instant. And in that moment, he didn't know where to turn. And so he had some very bad thoughts that led to suicidal ideation that um, brought him to my office. And something that stuck with me was he said, I lost 39 friends in a matter of a moment. And I said, wow, as an adult, one, I don't think I have 39 friends, but two, I couldn't even imagine the trauma and the, the fear and the sadness that he was going through because in his head, he thought he just lost 39 of his closest friends. Wow. So, so I think it's so important that we have these conversations about the difference between an online friend and a face-to-face friend. And for parents to know who is your best friend, whenever you're feeling sad or you're going through something, you want to tell somebody, you know, something great, who is that person that you can call on the phone or text and say, Hey, yada, yada, yada. And, And the last thing I would say is, as a parent, you know, no, we don't want to talk and glamorize these topics, but I would encourage each and every one of you to just find that way in and then just be upfront and say, hey, let's talk about this and tell me what your thoughts are. Don't maybe don't lead with a with a long speech or something. Just try to figure out what what their thoughts are and then build a conversation around that. Well, Chance, I think all of that is wonderful advice, something to uh, really take to heart. I know I'm I'm already rethinking our plans maybe for this weekend and, and what um, I'm going to sit down and try to uh, connect with my teenagers over. And I really love that question. Who is your best friend? How can you reach them? And who would you go to in times of trouble? Because we, we all need somebody to support. And we also need somebody that's going to support us as well. So Chance, I want to say thank you. Thank you for committing yourself to being a high school counselor, to being a positive support system within the community, within the military community. We are very lucky to have you and I appreciate you coming on and chatting today. Thank you so much for having me. So listeners, we are going to include in the show's notes some great information on how you can start having those hard conversations. And please don't stop trying to connect with your kids. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Thank you again to the Fort Lee Area Spouses Club for their generous support of this podcast. Until next time, live a great story. 